Well, here we are. We are in John chapter 5. John chapter 5, if you've been following along with us in the weeks leading up until now. Um, and I want to I paint a picture for you because the section that we're going to look at today is directly, it, you can't get away from what Ben talked about last week in the section that he was in last week. Um, you can't get away from that and go right into this, right? We can't treat them separately. And so, um, because you need to see the scene. I hope you can take a mental picture here with me. Um, what's going on is Jesus has come into the city of Jerusalem. And it is during a, a feast time. It's during a time of celebration. And so there are people around everywhere. And he went to a place called the, the Pool of Bethesda. And Jesus heals a man. A man who had been lame for decades. And Jesus heals him. And so already, I'm sure you can imagine that people are going, what? What is going on? This guy, for, for, I've been coming here for, for years now, right? And all he's been doing is sitting on his mat, and now he's walking around. And he's like, hey, that guy healed me. His name is Jesus. And so already people, Jews and, and Gentiles and everyone alike, are probably going, wow, what is going on? Right? So you got all these people together, and everybody's going, what's on? And, and then Jesus... Okay, says, I have been sent from the Father. I am God here on earth. And the Jews go, what? Okay, and so much so that not only do, are they angry that he would equate himself with God, they want to kill him. They want to destroy him. And so you've got all these people who are excited about a lame man walking, and then you've got the Jews who are like, oh my gosh, we've got to take this guy out. So everybody's like milling around, going crazy probably, right? And then Jesus says this. He gets their attention. I'm going to come down. I'm going to, hopefully you can imagine with me, right? You're all milling around going, what is going on, right? And then Jesus pipes up and probably grabs their attention and says this. Let's read it together. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these he will show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, who have done good to the resurrection of life, 
and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that in your word, we know who you are, Father. We know who you are, Jesus. We know who you are, Holy Spirit. We know that three in one, you are God. And we know, and we can read about who you are. God, I ask now in this time that you would come and you would help us not just understand, but you would help us to feel that you would move our hearts, God, to what you have done for us, that we would be changed by it and we would live differently. We thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me um, try to break this down a little bit for us and look at what's happening. So I painted the picture for you, and that's what Jesus did. He got everybody's attention, okay? and he proclaimed this. Well, what is he proclaiming? What is he actually saying? Let's look at it again, verses 19 and 20 first. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son could do nothing of his own accord. Remember that he had just said that the Father had sent him. Right? He had just equated himself with God. And that's why the Jews wanted to kill him. And so he doubles down. Right? He doesn't sugarcoat it. Right? I, was talking, I was talking to Ben last week, and, and I was, we were trying to imagine what the disciples were doing. Right? And the disciples, and I was talking to my brother about this last night. It's like the disciples were probably going, Jesus, what are you doing? What? Do you know they want to kill you? Right? Knock it off. But Jesus doesn't. He doubles down. Right? He says, no, 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 no. This is the time. I'm going to tell them who I am. And so he says, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever this father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. So if we, if we look closely, we see that Jesus is absolutely, 100%, putting himself even with God. And saying that, Likewise, right, in verse 19. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise, the same. And then in verse 20, right, the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. All. Right, so we have this relationship of Father and Son, but Jesus is elevating that. Right? He's saying, no, I know all that the Father knows. This isn't like two-year-old son with Father, right? This is equivalent, right? You will take, you have my kingdom, right? I've given you all that is mine. We are, we are now equal, or we are equal. And then it goes on, verse 21. Jesus says, for as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. 
at our core, right, at our core, the thing that we have to wrestle with is life and death, right? What's the old saying, right? The two, the two things that you can't escape are death and taxes, right? Well, if the government shuts down, okay, you may not have to pay taxes. Good luck with that one, okay? But what's left? Death, right? What do we all have to deal with in our lives? At some point, death, right? And Jesus is saying, just like God has authority over life and death, so do I. So do I. See, when he talks about judgment, he's talking about that authority, right? To give life, right? The authority to give life, to, to decide who has life and who has death. And he says, in that authority, whoever honors and worships the Father must honor and worship me as well. Because he sent me, and we are equal. And then he goes on. He gets their attention again with this truly, truly, right? I, I, it is true, other translations say. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? We, we've been in John now as a church. And in chapter 3, we heard this very same record being played. Jesus says it to, to Nicodemus privately, right? He says, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He says it in that private moment with Nicodemus. What's he doing now? He is publicly, before all that are around him, before all that can hear, right? Up until this point, it was private conversations, right? It was healing, right? And then he would step away, right? It was not his time yet. We saw many, Jesus do many things. And John talk about who Jesus was, and Jesus talk about who he was. But now... He is saying it publicly. He is making no qualms about who he is. In verse 25 then we continue on and we see Jesus <coughs> continue to assert this truth. Truly, truly I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. So where is he getting this? Is he, is he just grasping at straws? Is he, is he just simply making this up on the spot? Right? Is this new, not he in the flesh, but is this idea new? It's not. If we turn back to Isaiah, we see that it's not. And this is why the Jewish leaders were so nervous, right? They knew and understood all of these things. They, they had heard and read Isaiah, right? And now Jesus is saying, as I am that authority, I am 
that which Isaiah was talking about. And what was he talking about? Well, let's, let's look. Let's read. Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so the Jews anyway, the Jewish leaders who were listening to Jesus talk, they knew this. Right? Right? Ringing a bell. Son of God, right, that a son would be given, and they would call him everlasting father. There would be equality with God. And then Jesus goes on in verse 27, and he says, and he has, so he continues, and he has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the son of man. Right? So son of God. Right? We've seen that term already in John. Right? We've unpacked that some. And where Isaiah is one of the places where they get that. And now Jesus asserts another title about himself, the son of man. Right? We've, we've unpacked that one. John, uh, ben has done an excellent job for us. And, and when he unpacked that one a little bit, he referred back to Daniel chapter 7. So I'm going to bring us back there. Verses 13 to 14. Daniel has a vision. Right? He has a, has a prophecy. He sees God and God tells him something. Right? In his mind. And what does he see? Right? What does he say now that is going to happen? I saw in the night visions and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. And so this is ringing in their ears. Right? Ringing in their ears. And they want to kill him for it. They want to take him out. Right? Because, because how, how could this man, right, from nowhere, right, nowhere on earth, right, little town, middle of nowhere, right, how could he be what God is referring to? And it, and it, it encroaches on their authority and it encroaches on what they have and their control and then finally in verses 28 and 29 Jesus says do not marvel at this right the idea of judgment for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment Jesus has the final judgment. He has the final authority. He's equal with God. 
So, after reading those verses and thinking through them, what is true? What do we see? Well, sound like a little bit of a broken record, so hopefully it's come through. Jesus is God. Right? Jesus, that simple statement, right? Jesus is God. And he put it in terms that they would understand and they would recognize. And now we can too, because it's here in God's word. Right? So Jesus is God. He's equal. Right? He is a part. Right? There's no separation. Okay? He says, I have final judgment, final authority. I have authority over all things. Right? When it talks about having dominion, the kingdom, and dominion over all, that all might serve him. That's me. And so, Jesus is equal with the Father, with the same authority and righteousness that is spoken about all through Scripture up until that point. That's what we're seeing. So, so what? Right? Okay, cool. Right? Theology now, I know, right? Jesus is equal with God. Okay? He's, he's, he said it in terms that are scriptural. Right? He said it very plainly and matter-of-factly. Can't get around this. Right? We can't say that Jesus is just some nice guy from a small town, right, who's doing some baptizing and a little healing here and there. Right? He said, the reason I am doing everything that I am doing is because I am God himself, son sent from the Father. So, wh so what? So what? Well, I would assert and say to us this morning, the fact that Jesus is God is a heart issue. The fact that Jesus is God is a heart issue. And let me... Let me show you where I might be getting that. In verse 20, Jesus says this. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. Right? Remember, don't, don't separate this from what we heard last week and what we, what we imagined in the scene previously. Right? Jesus just healed a guy who had been lame for decades. The pool couldn't do it. He couldn't even get to the pool, right? Jesus turned his hope into himself. He says, I am life. I will heal you. And Jesus says that, that greater works than these will the Father show me to do so that you may marvel. I went to our good friend, the Internet, and I looked up the word marvel, at least in our English language. And as I'm sure many of you know, right, by definition, it's to be filled with wonder or astonishment. I don't know about you, but that, that doesn't sound head knowledge to me. Right? That sounds like a heart issue. Right? Wonder and astonishment. Think of the times in your life when you've had wonder and astonishment, right? Whether it be looking at a beautiful scene or, or a painting or uh, a song or a, a, um, a work of writing, right? Or you've had something in your life where you've gone, that makes no sense to me whatsoever, 
But boy, did that just happen. Right? That's not here. That's here. Other synonyms are um, be surprised, stand in awe, not believe one's eyes or ears, not know what to say. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I'm thinking things through my head, right, and I'm reconciling things and I'm, and I'm understanding things, I typically then can turn around and then say them. Right? And in conversation with people, I'm usually not thinking about what they're saying. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next, right? because it's so good, because I'm so smart. Right? But, but to marvel would be to not know what to say. Right? They're looking at this guy who for, for decades, 30 plus years, just sat on a mat with no one to help him into the pool. And he's now walking around. Imagine that, right? Imagine that. I wouldn't know what to say, right? Oh my, what, uh, uh, huh? right? That's not a head issue, right? That's a heart issue. We're moved. And so our hearts should be moved by who Jesus is, right? The Jews, the Jewish leaders, they saw the map. Right? You can't carry your mat. Ben talked about that last week. That's a Sabbath. Right? Put that down. What are you doing? My gosh, the guy's walking. Right? And they're like, oh, the mat. He's carrying his mat. You shouldn't carry your mat. He just got up after being lame for decades. We should be moved by who Jesus is. Our hearts should respond to who Jesus is. And he wants to get that across to them. Yes, he outlines theologically, through his scripture, his authority. And he tells them that right out loud. But in there is the message of the heart that he came to give to the people. Verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. You see, Jesus did not come to just publicly proclaim his authority as God. This is not a mic drop moment, right? I am God, I am the son of God. Thank you very much, I'm out. Right? He says, no. Those of you who would listen and hear what I'm saying and believe, right? That's not head, that's heart. Would believe, will have eternal life for all time, forevermore. To those who would hear me, that is what I'm offering. And so he did not come to proclaim his authority as God. He came to use his authority to save us. Amen. He did not come to just proclaim his authority as God. He came to use his authority to save us. And that is what he's telling everyone publicly for the first time. That's why I'm here. You see, if Jesus is not fully God, 
then his death on the cross was meaningless. If Jesus didn't come from God and was equal with God, then his death on the cross was meaningless. He would just be another criminal that the Romans decided to execute, that the Romans turned over to the Jews so that they could execute him. That's all he would be. But if we believe in our hearts that Jesus is God, then we know and hear from Jesus himself that he came to save us. That as we put our faith and trust in him here and now, we are accepted into that kingdom. And that we will live with God forever in joy, in love, in perfect peace, in perfect harmony. That is what Christ is offering. We, we read it in Proverbs, right? We often go to Proverbs, right, to think about how should we live, the wisdom that's contained there. And I'll, I'll read again verses 5 and 6. They're familiar to us. Uh, if you've been, or they may be familiar to you, if you've been in the church a long time, they probably are familiar to you. Hear them. Hear them new. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Should we know who God is? Should we know who Jesus is? Should we read about him in God's word? Absolutely. But he didn't come just so that you would know he's the son of God and that he's equal with God. He came to use that authority to save you. To save you. And redeem you for eternity. That's why he came. That's why he says what he says to all of these people publicly. So what do we do with that? What do we do with that? Well, if you have not put your faith in Jesus, if you have not, if you've heard that he is the Son of God, as you're hearing me tell you now, and that he, you've heard that he has died for you, and that believing in him you will have eternal life, if you've heard that, but you have not put your faith in that, if you have not brought that down to a heart level where you say, yes, God, I believe that you have come to save me. I would ask you to consider that. Jesus says, consider it. Marvel at what I have done and consider the fact that I am the son of God. God come to earth and I have come to save you. Marvel at it. Marvel at what I have done. And so I would ask you, if you have not put your faith into that, I would ask you this question. And, I, and I, I'm sorry, I didn't get questions to Tracy in time for print. But I'll, I'll, I'll just give you a couple. Well, I'll give, I'll give one now. The question is this. What is keeping you from believing that Jesus is God and came to save you to eternal life? Or putting that personally, what is keeping me from believing that Jesus is God and he came to save me to eternal life. 
And I would encourage you to take that question and then talk about it with someone. Maybe someone that you came with today. Maybe someone that you know who, who does believe this. You've seen it in their life. Yes, I know that they believe that. I can see it. And you would talk about it with them. Uh, you would talk about it with myself or, or with Everett. Right? Even here and now today. We'd love to have that conversation with you. And the other side of that is for those who have put their faith in Jesus. Is it over? Right? Have you you've put your faith in Jesus Christ? You've heard that he's the son of God, that he came to die for you and save you? Yep, I believe that. Box checked. Is that all? Of course not. See, if we believe that, then we should be seeking to live a life that honors God. We should, we should constantly, together, let our hearts be moved by that truth. We must daily marvel that God would love us so much that he came down in human form to save us. And so I would ask you this question. Do I daily let Jesus have access to my heart? Do I daily let Jesus have access to my heart? I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I pretty quickly, maybe this is for the guys in the room, pretty quickly can get into task mode. Right? Task mode. Okay, got it. Yep, all right. I did, I woke up, I got my shower, I got my coffee, I read my Bible for the morning, I got to work early like I wanted to, I got my papers graded, and then I planned for that group. Whoa. Wow. Like readings, reading God's word was just in that list of things to do. Should we plan for it? Yes. Should we put it at the front and center? Yes. But it shouldn't be for a checkbox. Right? It should be to spend time with the God who came down for you. We should marvel at it daily. Um, I I've been talking with very dear friends, and, and there's a couple of them who have recently said to me, I'm so excited that I have a season in my life where I can really pour into God's word. I can really get in and I can spend time with God. They're not doing it as a checklist. They're doing it to spend time with the God of the universe. Jesus, who came down for us. Um, so in both scenarios, right, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ, but for those of us that have, what's, what's the how? What's a couple things that we can do? Well, I, I, you should pat yourselves on the back. Because you've already done one of them. You're right here. Right? You're right here. This book of John tells us who Jesus is. Right? It looks at the life of Christ while he was here and what he has done for us. He tells us himself what he has said. So if you come here in the next few weeks, you're going to have Ben continue to teach us about that. And not only that, we spend time with this God. We worship him, right? We pray to him. We hear from his word. 
And so, come back, right? Carve it out. Yes, I'm going to make sure that I get there, right? I'm going to take everything else off the table. How else? Well, in a daily setting, right, like my, my friends, like I talked about my friends doing, right, they're reading God's word to spend time with God, right, to spend, to know more about him, right? As I was prepping for this, I totally got into task mode, right? I was like, okay, which scripture am I going to use, and where am I going to go? And I distinctly remember, I don't remember what day it was, but I remember this vision. I was sitting there, I was looking out the window, and all of a sudden, God spoke to me. I had this thought in my head, please just spend time with me. Right, just spend time with me, and it'll come. It'll come, you don't have to worry. I will tell you what we, what we need to share, what you need to share, and let people know on my behalf. And so that time that you set aside, I hope that you would just remember these words, right? That Jesus didn't just come to tell us that he is equal with God. He came to use that authority to save you. And he wants to spend time with you. Will you pray with me? God, we, we come to you. God, we gather as your people. We gather here on a Sunday morning. And... We just want to be a Christ-centered family. We want to know who you are, Jesus. And we want to spend time with you and with each other. And I pray, God, that you would continue to move our hearts. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it for each other. God, you must move and continue to teach us and help us to understand you must continue to get at our hearts. And we must continue to open it up so that we let you. Help us to do that. Help us to see what that looks like more and more each day. We are so grateful, God, for who you are. Grateful that we have heard again this morning who you are and what you have done for us. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.